Yeah, baby, you know what time it is. Now let's get it started. Are you kidding me? Unreal! While our HBCUs are mostly known for an academic rigor, community, they also know how to turn up. Does he have it? Greetings and salutations. Another episode of Things Up Here. And uh, if you were like me, I was just watching Coach Prime on uh, 60 Minutes. So I'm not going not gonna to lie. I don't, I don't dislike the guy. <laughs> I, I definitely watch. I told y'all, I grew up an FSU fan. So I, I still watch Florida State whenever I can. But it's always me fan first. Like, always has been, always will be. But uh, it was a good piece, good article, good uh a good segue as far as into showing what the idea is for the future of HBCUs and how the shift can take place. So I encourage you to definitely go back and check it out. It's in its lasting waning moments as far as being on television. You're probably going to miss the rest of it. So, uh, And if you are so inclined, we also hopefully number 41 gets onto the field for the Dallas Cowboys tonight because the Cowboys are playing the Eagles right now. But uh, that being stated, no, enough of all that and all that jazz. This is Fangs Up. HBCU Digital Network is This Is Home. Also, title sponsor, CableBusters.tv. For the low, low price of $35, you can get live sports, live TV on up to three devices. So great, great opportunity there. Also, the Black Techies, you have to check them out. They do have something going on uh, on the first and second Saturday of each month. This month is going to be on November the 5th and the 12th, 6 p.m. Check out my guy, Herb Seward. And also, Herb Seward's also, you know, you know, he's he doing a little something, something else coming up. He is going to be launching a basketball weekly, a weekly basketball conversation that is related to HBCU athletics. Herb Seward's HBCU Hoops Weekly is going to be starting out. Again, first and second week of the month on the Twitter spaces, but y'all support them, support them because we're going to try to get another show here on the HBCU Digital Network, trying to give y'all as much content as possible. But a lot going on and a lot going on on campus. FAMU tennis is kind of waning away, getting ready for the spring. You have FAMU bowling, cross country, golf, softball, volleyball, and the football team, of course. That's what y'all came here for. So, uh, the tennis team, they had their last tournament. They're pretty much going to be off until January. So good time for them. As y'all know, homecoming is going to be in about two weeks. And homecoming is celebration really for fall sports. I, I mean, we, we hyper-focus on football and everybody coming back. But if you kind of look at how things work at Florida a University, homecoming is truthfully the celebration of the fall sports. And then you have like be out day and the spring game, which is actually more of celebration of the spring events. So uh, good times, good times, good times to be had. Uh, but the tennis team getting a much needed break in between. Also the bowling team, they, they've they just finished the Colonial Classic that was hosted by Tulane University. You know, we may have a connection to Tulane or two. And it was in Hera, it was in Louisiana. I'm not going to even try that. <laughs> it's not a Florida word with all the extra E's and O's. So, but this is a word with 
Harana, Harana hand, whatever. Mm -mm. It's not a, a word. It's not one of them Florida Indian words, so I can't say it. Um, but we finished in 12th place. So, uh, but the bowling team is going to be off until November. So finishing in 12th, lower half of there. But Tulane is nationally ranked. Tulane is in the top 25. I wanted to say the top 10. I thought I saw they were number seven. But we played against good level competition. We just didn't beat a lot of them. So, I mean, I, I could lie to you. I could tell you the truth. And I'd much rather tell you the truth. So that's what's going on there. And FAMU cross country. Man, they, they answered a question I had a few weeks ago. I asked a question inside the den. What is the SWAC giving to the state of Florida? And what are they giving to Tallahassee? Well, I have my answer. The SWAC championship is going to be in Tallahassee next week, October 24th. And because I was asking the question, like, so what are we getting for being in the SWAC? And if you're not familiar, Tallahassee has a plethora of great trails that are there within the Red Hills area. But horse trails, bike riding trails, literally have a trail to the ocean, uh, the Gulf. But we have a trail that takes you all the way to St. Mark's down there, pretty much almost from the back of FAMU's campus, like literally a few miles from FAMU's campus. We have a trail that takes you to St. Mark's. So. Uh, but that is what the SWAC is giving to Florida a University and state of Florida. And hopefully we get a good turnout. Hopefully all members of the Southwestern Athletic Conference bring their teams on to the great state of Florida and the city of Tallahassee. So I had that question. And when I have a question and I get it answered, I like to kind of go back and make sure I give credit to where credit is due. And if I, I'm just one of those people, if I critique you, I like to congratulate you when I can. Now we also had the golf tournament and the SAS championship HBCU invitational golf team is going to be doing a little something later in the week, but we'll talk about that on Thursday. Bam, you won again. And it wasn't close. I mean, it was a molly whopping, a thrashing, a whipping. I mean, we beat them down to the white meat, as some of your friends might like to say. And it wasn't close. Uh, FAMU won one under. So if you're not familiar, golf goes in reverse point order. So the lowest score wins. FAMU had a negative one. Next closest team had a 26. You got your ass can beat. Like, I'm sorry. You got beat. That wasn't even close. Like, yeah. The Rattlers came out there and put that thing on them. And uh, I, for one, I'm petty. Uh, I, but I'm also glad. I smell a swag championship coming the way of FAMU golf. If things continue in this trajectory, I think we got the right coach. Hopefully, now he's being properly compensated so that he can be encouraged to stay. And, man, it would be really great if we could get a female golf team. That would be great. Title IX, it would help out with that as well. And it also helps, and forgive that, but also helps because, you know, we got, we got a female AD. Maybe we get a little bit of, get a little bit of something, something going on here. Like, I'm just saying, I, I think it'd be great, especially if we could increase the athletic budget. Get, get let, Let's get women's golf in there. Women's golf. Bring back men's tennis, maybe add women's soccer. I'm going to get off that soapbox, but I think those would be some great sports that are pretty cost-effective. Like, you're not breaking the bank to play soccer. You already have a turf field. Just saying. Just saying. I'm going to leave it there, though. I'm going to leave it there. Um, but we have several turf fields at FAMU, actually. Like, don't sleep on us. We actually have decent facilities. Uh, I am turf field, but still, you, you, could, you could use that. Uh, but that being stated... 
before I get off this tent, I'll get let me get off of that tangent. Family softball, they're playing fall ball against one of my alma maters. I got three of them, y'all. I, I rep FAMU the hardest, but I technically have three alma maters. And my first one is Tallahassee Community College. I, I got accepted in the FAMU, but I got my acceptance letter kind of late. So I just went on TCC. It was cheaper. <laughs> then I went back to FAM. But uh, October the 12th, FAMU beat TCC 8-5. to five, And, okay, it's TCC. Not a lot to talk about. TCC is normally pretty good. If you look, TCC baseball and softball are really good programs. TCC basketball also has a long tradition of winning. Our most successful basketball coach in is not even modern history because it's been about 20 years. That's crazy. Came from Tallahassee Community College, uh, and we were cooking back then. But now we're in a new era, and it looks like FAMU's gotten back to some of those winning winning ways. But defeating Tallahassee Community College is not defeating a bunch of slouches. TCC brings in pretty good recruits, good facilities. Uh, sometimes their facilities are better than our facilities. Uh, but I'm going to leave that leave that alone, too. But that being stated, the local community college, which is larger than FAMU, TCC's got about, last time I checked, and I almost said we, uh, we, because I'm I'm a I'm an Eagle graduate. Sorry, we had about twenty thousand students at TCC. So we got about ten at FAM, less than ten. So the community college is double the size of the university there in town. So I tell people all the time, Tallahassee's got about one hundred and fifty thousand college students. Once the summer comes, it's a completely different city. So, but we did get the win. We being FAMU, eight to uh, eight to five. A little torn there. Can't can't do too much cheering and rooting. Uh, on that note, also FAMU volleyball. FAMU volleyball hit my favorite number, and I'm sorry you got to forgive me. But when it comes to black college sports, especially FAMU sports, my my favorite number is 500. Unless it's football. Football, I want no bleepy to bleep 500 because we don't play that many non HBCUs. But I'm always looking for 500 when it comes to baseball basketball, softball, volleyball, those sports where we play teams that aren't solely in the media, uh, Southwestern Athletic Conference. I'm not swag. I'm new. I'm just new here, y'all. I'm not swag. I'm still MEAC. <laughs> I'm converting over, but y'all, y'all got to treat me like one of the people at your church that I hadn't fully learned a swag Bible yet. I'm, I'm still, I'm still learning. <laughs> but as far as teams in the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and these are the swag Champions, sorry, let me say that. The SWAC champions. Sorry, I got a little extra stank on that today. The SWAC champion, Florida A&M University volleyball team, is at 500. We're 11 and 11 after defeating both Jackson State. We beat them three sets to one. And then we went to Mississippi Valley and we went down in the valley where the Rattlers get victories. And we won. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Tell Uncle Clifford and all them Mercedes that we rolled in there and we got the W. <laughs> Some of y'all just over here. Don't 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 at my preacher. You already know what's up. <laughs> but the Rattlers go down in the valley and, and pull out some W's, and we needed it, man. It was fan music continued to keep this rolling streak going. Like we this winning streak, we were blowing through teams in the swack as far as just. Volleyball-wise, volleyball, I mean, we struggled against Alabama State. That was a – oh, man, I had to get my little – had to get my drink here. and hmm. Oh, man, let me sip on my drink. Oh, Lord, they're stressing me. Ah, they're stressing me. Ah. 
Uh, but we pulled that one out, kept the streak going, and now we're at 500. And for me, I think it's vital as a program that when you're overall, you should be at least 500 in all Olympic sports, namely football, not football, sorry, namely basketball, baseball, and softball. We should target 500 as our base uh, just because we are behind as far as our athletic budget. I, I was listening again. I told you I was listening to the uh, special on 60 minutes and Jackson state's budgets at $4 million. I mean, you're putting $4 million in athletics and other schools are putting in 15. I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't expect for you to constantly overcome the gap. I, I, I'm sick of the winning in spite of mentality. I, I, I want to be a front runner at some point. And that's understandable. But at the same point, you can only win with limited resources. So many fights at a certain point, it's going to get you. You're just overmatched. And so that's where for me, 500 is my realistic number for FAMU baseball, softball, as well as uh, tennis kind of uh, tennis. I, I just, I don't think we support them kids at all, but, uh, but those sports 500 is my number. So it was good to see that FAMU has hit that 500 mark so early in the season. That was one of my pet peeves with the basketball season last year. We finished right there at 500. And uh, I mean, it was good. But if you can consistently show that you have a winning program, to me, that helps in recruiting. That also helps solidify your coaching staff. Because now, as a coach, I either, you either leave or you stay. But you can at least kind of recruit and say, "Hey, we win our, we do well in our conference." Like that, that's something that, that's a selling point, because the students are people. They're like you and me. You want to be associated with a winner. Like again, I told you, honest. FAMU is my favorite team at the FBS level. Now FCS, I ain't loyal. I I got I like I love Florida State. I like University of Kentucky. I I, I like a lot of different teams at the FBS level. But the FCS level is FAMU and nobody else. I'll cheer for Cookman because they're from Florida. I mean, y'all know how that goes. But I mean, that, them, them's our Ken peoples when they're not playing FAMU. I'm cheering for them. But yeah, FBS, I ain't loyal. I'm just going to be honest with you. I got like six, seven teams. My friends make funny. You got a team for every state. Like, yeah, pretty much. But yeah, FAMU, that's my, that's, that's my heart. I ain't going to lie. But I'm realistic too. I, I'm re very realistic into the fact that until we get to a place where we're putting 10, 15 million dollars into athletics, that you, some things you're just not going to be winning. You know, it, it just is what it is. Every every conference has a valley. It's a, in our in the SWAC is valley, and the MEAC it was Delaware State, <laughs> in the ACC it was Duke. In the SEC, it's Vanderbilt. I mean, every conference, you're not going to be winning in every sport, right? Let, let, let's let's not tell a lie. Georgia doesn't win in every sport. Georgia's really good in football. Georgia's really good in baseball. Georgia's basketball team sucks. The University of Florida is an exception. If you're a Gator fan, one thing I love about the Gators, and I'm a Seminole fan, they don't accept losing. There's not a lot of programs that do that in any sport. UF, if you're not winning, you're going to get fired. It, there's one sport right now that is just not winning in. 
Yeah, the Gators don't accept losing. Every every program, every school, there's some sport you're not doing great at. Uh, that's one of the few exceptions. Alabama has a great football program. Their basketball team is getting better. Softball is coming along. Baseball team's all right. It's all right. Like we got at a certain point, we got to be realistic. So, but that's getting me far away from where we're supposed to be at. Uh, fam, you football though. Fam, you football yesterday. Well, the boys will drive you to drinking right now, man. And they'll tell you what that fam, you football sometimes they make a preacher cussing, man. I ain't no preacher, but I sure was cussing. I'd I be repenting though. I, it's a different game, so it's not the same sins, you know. I'd be struggling. God ain't God ain't worked on me yet. Don't judge me. Judge your mom. She's a saint. She's going to heaven. But uh, for me, as for me, I'm still struggling on this whole Christian journey of mine. But family won 2016, five and two overall. And the offense was all right. Besides all the drop passes in the first half, we were okay. Uh, we had a lot of drop passes. Again, 20 to 16 is not indicative of what how many points FAMU left on the board? I, I said this yesterday in the instant reaction. I'll say it again. FAMU left a good 20 points on the on the field. And I've said that for two or three weeks in a row. So at some point, this is one of my favorite lines from Tyrese Gibson. Keep knocking on the devil's door. Eventually, he's going to answer you. You keep knocking on the devil's door like this, playing these tight games. You're going to lose. You're not going to keep being cardiac because this ain't cardiac. This, this ain't cardiac. Cardiac is, oh, man, you know, we play these tight games and we're going back and forth, up and down the field. This is aggravating. <laughs> cardiac is, you know, you you giving me heart palpitations because you're scoring back and forth and we can't stop nobody. Nah, this this ain't that. This is like this is high cholesterol. This is aggravating. This is something that I, is building up and I ain't did something right and it ain't working. This ain't cardiac. It, and Again, we dropped a whole lot of passes in the first half. That was just terrible. And it's something that's been happening a lot. Certain receivers just aren't catching the ball. I'm not going to out anybody because I don't want to be a jerk. But you see the film. I mean, go watch the film. You'll see what's up. We got certain receivers that first half, man, dudes couldn't catch crabs. <laughs> I ain't going to say what I want to say. My friends know what I'm about to say. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't catch crabs at a crab factory. I'm going to leave it at that. If you know me well, you know exactly what I was about to say. But uh, <laughs> some of y'all don't know me, so I ain't going to say it. Man, it was horrible. Like, them first, Musa was throwing dimes, too. Like, he was, he he missed a couple. He missed, he, oh my gosh, he missed. Just that, he dropped it, and he just missed the tight end. Uh, I don't know if he thought the tight end was faster or he just overthrew it, but he he missed that one. He did. I ain't gonna even lie. I, this, this is my face that whole time. Like, really, bro? Really, bro? Like, he missed. He did miss that one. But it wasn't like the South Carolina State game. Like, the offensive line did a great job. South Carolina State game. The offensive line was getting whipped. I mean, whipped. Q W I P whipped. Not not whipped. Q W W I P whipped. Like, you got to say like an old man. They whipped y'all today, huh? Yeah. They was getting whipped. Uh, Grambling was not the same case, boy. Musa had so much time in the pocket. I tell you, man, Musa had enough time to go back there, you know, drop some fresh fizz, drop it hard, drop some fries, ask you, do you want it fried hard? Because, you know, all y'all niggas like your fish fried hard and your chicken, too. I'm looking at my wife. 
But like real talk, like Musa had a whole bunch of time in the pocket. It's just sometimes receivers weren't getting open. A lot of times they dropped the ball. Except for Xavier Smith, I don't think he might have dropped one. Maybe that that's my I don't remember face, and it's like I'm looking, but it ain't there. So I'm gonna let that slide because I don't want him to be like, man, come on, Xavier's not, he's not, he's a nice guy, but still, you might see him to feel like you said I dropped the ball. I ain't dropped no balls, man. Um, so, but I don't want to falsely accuse him. And he's from Polk County. So, you know, Polk County has a special place in my heart. Um, just because I know some good people that are from down there. Uh, but yeah, man, it was just mm, another game where, you know, the back of my neck be itching. Yeah, the Jerry curl just wasn't. We was on our little Luther stuff that whole first half. Like it just, Jerry curl just wasn't curling right. Little Luther check. Check the Kings of Comedy DVD if you still got it. It might be on, on Netflix, but if you don't get the joke, check that out. Search the entertainers section. Like, it just wasn't working. The running game started out kind of slow, too. We were down a running back, but oh, my goodness. Mentioning Polk County. Polk County. Sorry, you got to say it like they say. They don't say Polk County. Polk County. I, I for the longest time, I was like, where is this place? I didn't know it was Polk County. James T. Polk like the president guy. Uh, but my goodness, that running back that we got from um, Pittsburgh, he liked that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked seeing him. Like, watch me work. Yeah, Buddy was putting in some work. Like, that was an impressive showing. I'm just going to be honest with y'all. He looked really good. He looked fluid. FAMU has a great running back room, considering in spite of the amount of injuries, half of FAMU's running back room has been hurt. Like, I'm just saying, like, at certain times in the season, FAMU's been down to pretty much two running backs. And still, we're five and two. <laughs> I mean, now, some of that is, mm, mm, but a lot of that is just because we're winning games. I mean, but FAMU's running running back room, A.J. Davis was somebody that stood out to me. And, uh, you know, the tight ends got in the game kind of early. I know. I probably get on coach's nerves by asking him about that, but it was great to see the tight ends get in. And we had tight ends get a touchdown, Kamara Young, and that was that was something that I enjoyed seeing. I, I definitely coach said that he's like, hey, we use sometimes we use them to help the receivers kind of get open, and if they try to take away Xavier Smith, we're gonna go to the tight ends, and we saw that. Uh, we we definitely saw that, and again. It was impressive. It was very impressive. I'll go back to the running game, though. We got to run some different formations. That that constantly running out of shotgun is not working for us. I don't know if it's that we're not spreading the field out enough, but that that's not that's not working. It needs it needs it needs some work. But one thing that does work, Fami's offense works really well at tempo. I, I don't know if that's just something that Moose is more comfortable with. Remember, Moose has really no snaps at Vanderbilt, but at junior college, Moose was a man. Like, Musa threw for like 600 yards his first game. I believe they gave him credit for. And in tempo, man, you let Musa get in tempo. That dude is. And it's something about, I guess, the defensive line and the defense also starts to become a little more tired to get worn out. But something about FAMU running the offense in tempo is really nice. Only thing I would like to see about us running the offense in tempo, this is going to sound like completely weird. I heard myself say it in my head and I'm like, Keith, that sounds weird. Slow down. Like, 
okay, that sounds crazy. How do you run an offense at tempo but slow down? Sometimes we run the offense at tempo and the players don't get set. I don't know if I'm the only one who's noticed that, but we're running the offense so fast and we get in such a rhythm that it seems like take the extra three to four seconds to scan the field, make sure everybody's getting set, then do your thing. Because then it also offsets when the defensive line are getting in their signs and everything else. But it seems like Fami's offense at tempo can be a problem. And to me, that is your trick as far as not hustle and flow. That's your trick. But that's your I'm trying. I'm searching for the correct word. I'm trying to do the eye rolly thing. I, I recognize I'd be rolling my eyes. <laughs> they I think that's Fami's gimmick, I could say. If, to say to use a like more a different colloquialism or word or phrase. I think Fami's gimmick is running the offense at tempo because Fami's offense at tempo with the running backs that we have is different because then you have these large running backs who they're not the most fleet of foot. They're fast enough though. And they're big guys. They're not shifty. And you now, now you are getting your shifty running back back though. But then it makes the offense more multiple because then Again, taking that extra three seconds to make sure everyone's set. Because sometimes what we see is we'll run the ball at, at we'll run it, we'll get a first down. All of a sudden, fam, you runs the ball at tempo. Cool. Then we get a false start penalty. Somebody doesn't get set. It seems like we're trying to rush so much and so quickly to ensure that we get to the line and that we go fast that we forget to be careful. As to making sure that everyone's where they need to be. If if we took the extra three seconds to make sure that everyone's set, make sure everyone's where they need to be, all of a sudden it changes a few things. One, it changes the cadence at the line of scrimmage. Now when Moose is doing his little hand slap and all that stuff, which is I'm I'm one of y'all. I'm one of these. Old, I'm old at this point. I, I, birthday's on Saturday. We hit the big three eight, and uh, it's. The hand slap thing is aggravating, but I get it. I, I'm I get it because it's just you're trying to get some attention. But if you start running the offensive tempo and sometimes you get everybody to the line and then you do the little squirrel thing, I call it meerkats because to me, whenever when the receivers and everybody just stand up and look up, they look like a bunch of meerkats. I'm sorry, maybe the only one, but dang, the Cowboys just threw a pick. Uh, but I like I think that does something different. To me, it, it just it kind of mixes it up. It changes the pace. It makes things work better. Uh, and I, I for one, I, I think that's something that we could take advantage of because Famu's offensive tempo is just different. When Famu's running the offensive tempo, the defensive players struggle to keep up. It's causing them to struggle to kind of keep their breath, and it just changes how the offense looks. Opposed to where we're getting back into the huddle, and you can tell we're not comfortable doing that. Uh, which is not, we're not comfortable doing it. And the other part is Famu's offense has to find a way to shorten third down. One of the biggest problems and frustrations for a lot of us as fans is the fact that the offense seems stagnant. Well, of course the offense is going to be stagnant when it's third and eight, third and nine, third and 10, third and 15. You don't have a lot of plays to get 15, 20 yards a pop, especially when everybody knows you're throwing the ball. 
So the defense is they're playing, they're already playing in a pass coverage where when it's third and four, third and five, you 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 have multiple you have more of the playbook that is available to you. Famous offense has to stay on schedule. That that's and that's the last thing I'm gonna say before I hit Musa in the QBR. Musa actually a pretty good game. Uh but Famous offense has to stay on schedule. And staying on schedule means first and first is gonna be first and ten. It first and ten or more. It's that is what it is. Unless you get a penalty, that's not gonna change. But second down, second down should be second or second and seven or less. Like you you want to at least get three yards plus on first or second down. Sometimes we throw the ball and we drop it. That was a huge problem. Sometimes you run the ball and you get nothing out of it. But the offense has to stay on schedule to where you're getting that second down and a few yards extra. And then making it third and five and below. See five and below. I didn't I didn't even recognize I was gonna do that. But when it's third and five and third and four and third and three and on down the line, all of a sudden the offense just really opens up because as a defender, as as a defensive player, I can't just sit on the run and I just can't sit on the pass. Because if it's third and three and I'm sitting on the run, you run a play action as a corner, all of a sudden this guy's past me and I get beat deep down the field. Famous offense has to stay on schedule. We have to limit these third and eight, third and nine opportunities or third and nine. They're really not opportunities. Third and nine and third and eight plus situations because you're limiting the playbook for Coach Simmons. I'm with him when he's right. I'm I'm with a lot of y'all when it comes to critiquing him when he when I disagree with him. But I didn't feel like he really coached a bad game. Fourth quarter, I got annoyed. But I wasn't upset so much at him. It was them, them, oh, them penalties. My God, them penalties got on my nerves. But we'll, 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 talk, we'll touch on that in a minute. But quarterback-wise, CableBusters.tv player of the game, Money Man Musa. Musa wasn't dropping dimes all night, but he had, a, he had an efficient day. I mean, again, we had about five drops. Musa had a QBR of 88.426, about 20 points higher than last week. Last week he was in the 60s. Completion percentage was 61.11%. So 61%, considering we dropped about five passes, Musa probably would have been at 70. Just just, just uh, raw speculation there. I, I did not count the drops. Haven't rewatched the game film yet, but probably won't. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Um, but – he probably would have been closer to 70, 75% if those passes that were just blatantly dropped weren't drops. So that, that, that's not bad. That wasn't bad. Efficient day at the office uh, for Musa. But, man, this 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 bye week, we need to hit the jugs machine. And thankfully, we're not going to be back at bat on uh, Grambling for another year or two, probably two years, because, man, that field had to have some Crisco on us. That field was something else. But... <laughs> Mm, we're gonna leave that there. Uh, the defense, defense was good. I mean, famous defense. I, I've been telling y'all they're stingy. A cowboy's gonna lose. Um, but famous defense, we look good when you don't put the foot the, the defense in really crappy field position, they do a lot. We've seen two weeks, consec- two consecutive weeks. Famous defense has been put in piss poor field position. I mean, it was terrible. We're on 
our side of the field after two sudden change experiences just like last week. I mean, and I can't I, again. I, I, it wasn't Moose. Moose had no turnovers, no fumbles this week, no interceptions this week. It was special teams this week. The special teams was the problem. Like normally, special teams is a strong suit, but man, this game it was terrible because the defense was solid. Like I said, they gave up a few long third downs. The defensive line, the family's defensive line was a problem, and we didn't have it. many of our starters. That General Hunt didn't play. Isaiah Land didn't play. So with our second team, we're raising heck. Like, we're raising Kane all game long on the defensive line with our second team. Imagine if the starters were in. And I understood sitting Isaiah Land. I, I, I agree with that. I completely agree with that. Because win or lose, you still need Jackson to lose twice to do anything in the swag and Good luck with that, bro, because they were playing Cookman. So not saying that Cookman's not a good team, but they're not that good. And they got all that going on with the Hurricanes. So it's kind of like you're really fighting a team that has one hand tied behind their back, like, just being honest. So that was – and this week there's no point in playing all of your best guys because you could probably beat Grambling without them, and you did. And honestly, you left 20 points on the board. So, I think Hugh Jackson's losing that team. Not going to lie. They fought hard. But, yeah. Uh, before I go to our special teams, his play calling was not it for me. I'm sorry. I said this last year watching uh, Tennessee State. I said it in a space. Hugh Jackson's play calling does nothing for me. Just respectfully. It does nothing for me. Uh, I It's. Now, I do like his multiple sets. His offense, go back and look. They run some very confusing sets as far as their offense is very multiple. Like, they'll show you a whole lot. Family's defense was just like, okay. Like, it was like they didn't care. Like, they're they're switching players and moving receivers and all that's fine and dandy, but family runs his own concept. So guess what? It didn't change anything. If we were running man concept, it, it, it's it's efficient. But FAMU's defense is a zone-based concept. The zone I cover is going to be the zone I cover. Whether you move this receiver to that side of the field or that side of the field, it didn't change anything. The window dressing was gorgeous. But you were just putting makeup on a, on a pig. Uh, you were slapping lipstick on a pig at that point because the offense is going to be the offense. And that quarterback from Jones High School here in Orlando, not here in Orlando, I'm getting next to it, but here in Orlando, that kid, Calvez, yeah, man. Somebody said, why didn't we recruit him at FAMU? I don't know. I asked the same question. I was wondering that last year. I was like, man, I would love to see that kid in some orange and green. Two quarterbacks from Orlando, that'd be nice. I get it. Junior's not from Orlando, but he's Orlando adjacent. He's from Apopka. School's in Apopka. So pretty much for y'all that don't know no better, it's Orlando. Uh, but that would have been hot. I ain't gonna lie, like Calvez. Give that kid two years and he's gonna do something. I think he transfers though. I ain't gonna lie. Y'all know me. I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm gonna tell you the truth. I'm t- I, I ain't got no better sense but to tell you the truth. I tell my students all the time. I I'm one of them people who I if I'm lying to you, I don't respect you enough to tell you the truth. That's you know, I hate to say it like that. Like I'll 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 fall on the sword and tell you the truth. I'm falling sword in this one. I don't think Calvez stays at grandma. I wouldn't be surprised if things don't change at FAMU. Don't be surprised. That kid looked good in orange and green. 
He wore it in high school. I'm just saying. That's a long way from home. Reckless, irresponsible speculation. I have not talked to Coach Will about that. But, uh, yeah, I would not be surprised. That kid wears FAMU equipment colors before he graduates. Or FAU, FIU. Like, don't be surprised he tries to come back home because that Molly Wapping, he took at Grambling, give him FAMU's offensive line. That's all I got to say. Give him FAMU's offensive line. Even with we have a freshman playing at center, a left guard who's kind of in, and the left tackle's finally figuring it out. Like, our left tackle's gotten better. I ain't going to lie. I've ridden him all season long, and I've critiqued him based on, yo, last season he was struggling for his day. I critiqued him based on what I saw at the UNC game. Like, yo, he was struggling against North Carolina. I watched the Jackson State. Oh, he's getting his – he's improved. I've seen improvement. And part of the concern was just him being able to carry weight. But I've seen improvement. Some of that could be competition level. But even last week, South Carolina State's got a solid defensive line. I don't know how to properly evaluate Grandma's defensive line, but yeah, I, I I'll say this: we look good. Like a quarterback should not have that much time in the pocket. So, like sometimes Musa was literally just holding the ball. I think one play where that Charlie Neal makes that comment: Musa was holding the ball for like fifteen seconds. That's a long time to be in coverage. And to me, at that point, my question then, and I want to go back and relook at the play because I want to see where was his check down receiver if there was one. I felt like on that route, we may have ran too many routes downfield or we kept somebody back to block. But again, my memory ain't photographic and I ain't gonna lie. And Dak Prescott, man, we need you. <laughs> but that being stated, I'm just gonna keep it honest there. And with Grambling's defense, they're okay. They ain't going to be Southern, though, like respectfully. Dooley is going to get in that, but I'm going to say that with confidence. And if FAMU's offense does not improve, homecoming may be our last win. It's not the nice thing to say. I think we'll beat Cookman. Let me say that. But I don't know about Southern. I'm I'm, going to keep it there. We're going to do our Tuesday show and talk mostly recruiting uh on on not tuesday thursday sorry thursday eight o'clock fangs up podcast but we're gonna do mo we're gonna talk mostly about recruiting it's not gonna be a lot of talk about homecoming we may talk about i'm just, we may talk about some things but it's gonna be mostly recruiting we gotta do something like i i just gotta be honest we gotta do something better than that and speaking of doing something better than that boy the special teams was butt cheeks straight up chitlin juice like they look about like Cooper Rush does right now. Sorry. Oh, my goodness. It was horrible. But it wasn't the whole game. It was like, really, it was like three plays. Three plays make you feel like the whole special, the whole day for special teams, you could just sit up here and just be like, man, fuck this, man. Like, and it was only three plays. It wasn't the whole game. Three plays made you feel like the whole game was a, was a failure on the special, from the special teams unit. And it wasn't. Telvin Griffey has been doing the darn thing. I, I thought I was the only one who saw it. And then I saw, I think, Penalty Talk posted. Then my man Brian from ONG Strike Zone commented. And I was like, oh, okay, so it's not just me. Like, I'm not the only one noticing that Telvin Griffey is doing that. Like, 
And I be I ain't gonna lie, I walked up to the stadium, I saw Griffey over there. I'm like, ooh, okay, there they go, there they go. I was trying not to be a fan. I didn't see Ken Griffey at the game though. Like, I, I'm not gonna be that guy that like, oh yeah, like nah, I ain't gonna lie. I told y'all, if I saw Ken Griffey Jr., I'm gonna tell y'all I saw him at the game, but that's my favorite baseball player of all time. But um, I don't be fanning out of the games like that. I don't do that. But Telvin, Telvin's been solid, man. Like that guy, uh, next year he's gonna get some burn. If he don't transfer out, he's gonna get some burn in the secondary. Like he's going to play. I think he will. I could be wrong. He's not the like tallest guy, but man, that kid got a lot of what for him. Like, and and forgive me for saying kids. I know kids are goats, but that student, we we have a we use we said we call we call humans kids, but that guy's got some what for him. Like he's he's fast. And on special teams, man, it's a gutter. And I played special teams in high school. I ain't gonna lie, I played special teams. It was fun. Like, that's one of the funnest positions to me. Like, I, I actually like special teams better than receiver. You just get to run down there as fast as you can and try to hit somebody. Like, that was fun. And I, don't, I, and I didn't, I could not hit to save my life. I ain't, gonna, I ain't gonna tell you I was laying jokers out. I was not. I was good at wrapping people up. But, man, it was fun as heck. Telvin Griffey, he goes down there with a purpose. He plays hard. I think he hurt himself a little bit against South Carolina State, not trying to give up any type of intel. But it looked like he kind of came up with a little kind of a bump shoulder. I don't know if he, like, had a stinger. But, man, that dude down there, he is a baller. On special teams, he different. My daddy, my daddy always calls me during the show. I'm going to call him daddy. Uh, but also, Chris Fadul. Fadul was doing good until he had that one kick. Like, everybody's going to the left and the ball goes to the right. And it's like, you know, what the heck? And they return it back for a touchdown. I think that's the first special times special teams touchdown family's given up all season. It it unless something happened in Jackson State in Miami, and I ain't gonna lie to y'all. After the third quarter, I stopped paying attention to the game. I was I was just sitting in the box, and I wasn't paying no attention. I was in there with the press. We was cracking jokes, and but I was so dejected by that time. I think that that might be our first special teams touchdown we've given up all season. Could be. I could be wrong though. But if memory serves me correctly, I think that's the only one. And then that just wonky kick right before halftime. Like, again, that freaking field at Graham, I don't know what they put. I don't know if they put Crisco on the field, fish grease. Somebody had some Popeyes before the game. I don't know what the Thomasville was going on. But I'm going to say this. Uh, C.D. Lamb had a first down. He got screwed. Uh, but – Man, that was aggravating. Like, we had players just slipping and falling. And I asked Coach Simmons, I'm like, yo, Coach, what was up with, like, the footing? Like, was it the field or was it something on the equipment staff? And I give coaches credit. Like, I, I'm one of those. Again, y'all, I'm, I'm with you when you're right. I'm going to critique you when you're wrong. He did not throw anybody under the bus. That was a great opportunity to be like, the equipment staff did not give us the right cleats or X, Y, and Z. But he's like, Hey, this is the first time on this field this year. Sometimes the fields are a little slip slippery. You got to break them in. Like coach was really, he was responsible with that. That that answer, Coach Simmons was responsible. One thing I like about Coach Simmons, I like that he gives you the best answer he can. Like I I, I don't ask him about recruiting because I don't want to get him in trouble. I don't ask him about penalties because I don't want to get the dude in trouble because I know he's gonna get fined. And look, he make more money than me, but that don't, I, I ain't pocket watching nobody else, no other man. So 
just that doesn't justify me to ask a reckless question. But he was straight up. He was like, "Hey, I ain't gonna. There's no. There's no excuse though. We are going to do some type of drills to work on footwork. If that was the case, and it was, because that feels to me. Because the the other thing in this game was penalties. Family went over 150 yards in penalties. I I, I pulled down the uh, website, but I'm gonna pull it back up. It just makes my screen go slow, so that's why I don't do it. I'm going to leave it alone. But Fanny went over 150 yards in penalties. I speculated 170 um, easily, and it might have been closer to 200 yards in penalties. It was ridiculous, like really, really ridiculous. Yeah, it's moving, making the screen move slow. So it was bad. Like I'm going to pull up here on the, on the phone. I know it ain't good podcasting, but it is what it is. I, I want to be right, and I'm that petty. But – it was ridiculous. Like I've not seen that many penalty yards and some of them were just frustrating penalties. Like, uh, yeah, yes. I'd be catching myself. I, I try not to, I try not to, I actively try not to curse. I, I'm not a big cursor. Uh, but sometimes I do get caught up, but at the same point, man, then dang gun penalties, man, was, were ridiculous. And so many of them were late hit in, other penalties that were just terrible. Like, how are we getting late hit penalties? And I know this ain't good for me to not be looking at the screen, but I am actively trying to look up the stats because um, I, I meant to pull it up, but it was just ridiculous. Like, FAMU's penalties were atrocious, and they were some of the dumbest penalties. I mean, the late hits were ridiculous. Like, the hit out of bounds, the horse collar, like, all of those were terrible penalties. Like just ridiculous. And I don't see it here on here. Um oh sir, here we go. Penalties. 14 penalties for 172 yards. Are you kidding me? Like and out of that 172 yards, about 50 of them came for like horse collar and hitting out of bounds. Like 172 yards in penalties, ridiculous. That was aggravating. Like, and that kept Grambling in the game. And Grambling got Grambling got boned a few times on penalties, too. Like, so the poop was spread out a little bit there, but it was a whole lot of it more, more of it on the FAMU side. 172 yards for FAMU and penalties. That's ridiculous. Grambling had 11 for 91. You know what that tells me? Neither one of us looked disciplined. I didn't, I'm not, I didn't notice. I didn't say we are undisciplined. I said neither one of us looked disciplined. Both of those teams had penalties that were related to undisciplined football. The horse collar, the late hit, that's undisciplined. Some of that was due to the field, though. Go back and look at some of the, especially that holding penalty on Young. That is because he loses his footwork. He loses his footing, not his footwork. He loses his footing on the field. He slipped. He's going to slip. He's engaged. While he's engaged, it's natural. It's human reaction. If I'm going to fall, I'm going to grab something. I just grab my monitor. You can't see it. You can just probably see my arm. If I fall, I grab the other monitor. I'm not going to grab that screen because something's going to happen mess up. I already know what's up. But it's human reaction if you're going to slip and fall to grab something. That's what happened on some of those penalties. That surface, either the surface or our cleats, were not conducive to being successful in the hole. It just was not. And 
I, again, I, I'm not trying to blame the field. I don't want to take that coward's way out of if the field were better, we would this would have happened. And if the field were better, that would have happened. It's bogus. If we were better, this and that would not have happened. But I definitely noticed that Kamari lost his footing. And some of it was the the field of play was slick. Like it was the and it was on both sides. You saw where Calvez slid, he gives himself up right in the G and he slides for 10 years, 10 yards. Musa in the middle of the G just completely slips and almost takes a sack. It it just something was off there. And then it may have been just the field was hot. And I don't know if the freaking field was melting or whatever. <laughs> you know, the rubber pellets were melting or whatever, but something about the way we approached that surface, either on our side or on the Grambling side was off. And that's the most responsible way I can say that something didn't go right without being like, they feel this. And yeah, I saw the picture of them watering the field. And I appreciated that our, uh, our field guy went out there and said, no, they're trying to help us with the field. Because it was true. It was it was an issue. It was a problem. See some of y'all in the comments over here. I'm running real long today. I definitely apologize for running so long. Um, the punt return was the punter. You're right. You are correct. Um, yeah, the punt that that punt return was the kicker's fault. Fadul does kick it the wrong direction. But the uh kickoff, those guys slipped. Yeah. So I, I do agree with you on that, EA. The uh if you do not see obviously the podcast. He uh, put the punt return was the punter's fault. He kicked the opposite opposite the coverage. You're correct. He did kick to the opposite side of the coverage. Uh, Coach Simmons actually said that in the pregame. He's like that on in the postgame. He's like that'll never happen again. Uh, and he completely shanks it. Um, they were not slipping, but on the kickoff, when you go back and look at that, they slip. It's it's pretty obvious. The uh, FAMU running back uh, might have been Jennings. You could actually see him slip and fall on his butt. Uh, and then the other guy, I, I, supposedly somebody said he just wasn't paying attention, but yeah, something was up with that field. So, but I appreciate your comment, EA. I want to make sure you know, I, you know, I try, I try to watch comments when I can. Uh, but man, long story short, man, fam, you the bye week is coming at a great time, and it's coming at a time when we really need it because fam, you's kind of banged up. And I apologize for going so long, y'all. I, you know, Sunday, I try to get all the sports in. I, and that's why I do the instant reaction. It's trying to hyper focus on football, but the the injuries that FAMU has are plentiful. And I'll be honest with you, man. If if I'm being honest, if I can be honest, I don't I don't play Isaiah Land against Arkansas Pine Bluff. Uh, Gramlin did they did not slip, but look at the quarterback slide. Look at that EA. He says Gramlin did not slip. They were not, but look at when that quarterback slides. Calvez was sliding. He literally slid about 10 yards. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but those – I wouldn't play Isaiah Lane against Arkansas Pine Bluff. There's there's a talent disparity. And I would I would say this about the last three games FAMU's won. Man, Cooper Rush or whatever his name is, man, he is making it easy for Dak to come back. That's his second pick. But – Go back. I would not. I wouldn't play some of your starters. Pine Bluff is overmatched. I mean, and that's not trying to be mean, but they've just gotten to a point within the past like four or five years where they're giving scholarships to their whole team. Like in the past, they weren't giving scholarships. Their whole team wasn't like scholarship as they should have been. 
like just go back and check just you, you can double check me but from the research i did a little while ago uh they weren't giving out scholarships the way some of these other schools are in the swack not even just in general so i i definitely noticed that there's a talent disparity i think family wins this game pretty easy the atmosphere the vibe homecoming is going to be homecoming but man i think i would not play any of your guys but if isaiah land's got a knee I mean, I might let him play a couple plays because it's his his last homecoming, but I wouldn't go out there and I put him on a play schedule. I would probably, and this is kind of getting into the next game, but I would probably put him on a like twenty play play schedule and say, after twenty plays, you're good. Once, and I would honestly do probably the same with like Gentle Hunt. Really, let your guys get warmed up for Southern. Not, and it's only because Pine Bluff is not as talented as you are. Not because they won't play hard, but it's because they're not quite as talented as you are. And when you're playing against a team that's that overmatched, you have to take advantage of it. Now you, you're respecting those guys because they 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 strap up, they put on their heads, their chin straps and their helmets just like you do, their pads and everything else. But this is a game in family should win by 30, especially with homecoming crowd. The pressure is going to be on. I think first quarter. You go all out, play your dogs. But third quarter, man, you call dogs off. Right, call off the dogs, let the second team come in. We saw what the second team did against Grambling. I, I think Grambling's better than Pine Bluff, if I'm being honest. I think FAMU's miles ahead. And I'll be honest, again, there's only one team that we've played so far this season that was better than us. That was Jackson State. That's just my, my, my opinion. I feel like when it came to Alabama AM, we were better than they were, especially when their quarterback got hurt. Albany State, that's not even a question. I think I think we got out coached to a certain degree, but I still think we were better than them. And I don't I don't think anybody would argue that. South Carolina State, I've, I said that all season. I said that last year. We were better than them. We beat them. We beat the hell out of South Carolina State last year. This this year. South Carolina State wasn't into the game until we threw two picks. Like, there's a we we're more talented than South Carolina State. We just don't have a receiver that tall, six five like that. Like, we just don't have that guy. We got six threes, six fours, but we don't have that guy. Like, we got six. We got some tall receivers though. We're not that guy. And then with Grambling, we're more talented than that. And I I think Willie Sims is a better play caller than Hugh Jackson. I think Hugh Jackson did a lot as far as like window dressing that was really cool but i think if you look at play for play i think family did better that was just me that's my two cents my opinion i'm trying not to wear orange and green uh shaded glasses but i think we outcoached them to a certain degree because i gonna be honest our defense coordinator i was with y'all like man what are you doing he's looked better i've seen growth in the past couple of games i don't know how much is on him, how much is assistance. But Coach Smith has figured out this defense a lot. Um, but we did lead the – but we only had six penalties, like six penalties per game before this this week. So I agree with you on that. Last year we were very undisciplined. But uh, – and the question was, I disagree with you concerning undisciplined uh, team play. We did – we led the FCS in penalties last year. We did. But this year penalties have been down a lot. I, I, again – 
I can't beat you and not critique, not, you know, congratulate you. The penalties were down up until really the last two games. And some of those penalties against South Carolina State were full. Like, we all know that. But this game, I don't know, man. Uh, but I, I I agree with you. Last season was terrible. We were very indisciplined. This year, I think we're better. But, man, this game was just horrible. I, I don't know what that was. And I, I can't I can't disagree with you. You're not wrong. Uh, but, again, going back to the next – getting ready for this next game, Coach said that we're going to focus on recruiting. And I, I will, too. Be prepared to get some uh, – FAMU offer notifications, get dropped. We're also going to talk about a commitment. FAMU got a commit uh, the other day, and uh, that was past interference. <laughs> um, but FAMU got another commitment, and that's a good thing. One of the things that FAMU is not not doing well, because honestly, sometimes we, we hyper-focus on HBCUs. Like, it's not a problem throughout the state. The state of Florida loses a lot of talent to other states. And a lot of us old heads like me, and I'm old head at this point. I ain't strapping up, not naying another thing for no football. A lot of the top players are leaving the state and going to other places, for better or for worse. Like, look at Jackson State. Dion's got a plethora of talent from Florida, starting offensive lineman from Jones High School. My student, <laughs> Devin Hayes. You got Calvez, Jones High School, Orlando. Like, you, that's just a couple of them. Uh, the receivers from Jackson. I mean, you just keep kind of look across the swag, and a lot of the best teams in the swag got talent from Florida, except for, you know, Cookman. I mean, they got good talent, but they just, it kind of sucks for them. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm not even being petty or a hater. They just, they caught a raw deal two seasons straight, but I hope they give sense a chance. But, FAMU's got to make sure we focus on recruiting and FAMU's recruiting efforts. We've been, we've been multi, we've been, I almost say international. International is not the right word. We've been national. Like FAMU's recruiting players from California all the way to Maryland. Of course, obviously Florida, Georgia, Alabama, South Carolina. Like FAMU's got the best recruiting coordinator in HBCU athletics right now. Just my opinion. Could be wrong, but. I feel like as far as like fishing, family, we're the best at fishing. Now catching, that's a different thing. That's why they're called fishers, not catchers. And uh family fish as well. Like one of the this, this week, family's gonna definitely focus on getting healthy. That's what we were told. Focus on getting on getting on the recruiting trail. We were told that as well. And then we're gonna hopefully see some of the younger guys get some time. And I think part of that is one, to keep your players healthy but two i would be very surprised if we see a guy like isaiah lamb play more than 10 or 15 snaps because you're gonna need him for southern again i'm not overlooking pine bluff it sounds like i am because i'm saying southern what i'm saying is in this game you sat out a lot of your best players and you won it was luck and i'm over an hour long oh god it's long but you you sat some of your best players and you won I think you can do that again and win again, but the offense has to be consistent. They have to stay on schedule. You cannot drop all these flipping balls at the beginning of the game and expect to win. That's not going to work. It's not going to. It's not going to end well. You're going to get an upset on homecoming if you go out there looking like trash because Pine Bluff kind of is more similar to Valley as far as like very 
run heavy from what I remember. I need to go back and watch film on them again. But from what I remember, they ran the ball pretty well. And they had a decent quarterback. And, again, they're only two years removed from being in the SWAC championship themselves. So I'm going to leave that alone because that was that spring season. So, yeah, take that with a grain of salt. Uh, But they're not a terrible team. They're not good, but they're not terrible. That's the team that could sneak up on you. You just give, give them the proper respect, take care of them in the first half, the defense needs to be the defense. I've already talked about the offense. We're moving to the defense. Defense needs to be the defense. Family's defense is stingy. Stay stingy. If family's defense continues to be what they are, we're going to win as long as the offense stays on schedule. Special teams, you got to clean up those kicks. Um, you're not wrong with the high school recruiting. Um, and I'll come back to that. Uh, but you got to clean up those special teams miscues. Uh, the special teams miscues – those are what kept Grambling in the game. Honestly, miscues in the last two games are what have kept the teams in the game. South Carolina State, the two interceptions are what kept them in the game. This game, the two special teams mess-ups kept Grambling in the game. Without those four sets of miscues, three turnovers, four, three turnovers and one sudden change play, one punt return for a touchdown, FAMU probably doesn't give up any points. In those areas, so you got to knock that out. You got to do something there, uh, and then lastly, and uh, you got you got to you got to get healthy. You got to get healthy because if you don't get healthy, it's going to be a problem. So I understand we don't necessarily have some of the things some of the other schools have, but use what you got to get healthier, get better, and if you can borrow, borrow. I mean. Look, go over there and call Florida State and see if you can borrow one of them, one of them cool tubs. Just see if you can just, just see, just see. Uh, I'm just saying. I mean, I I know, but at the same point, it's right across the street. You know, the only thing they can say is no, right? <laughs> um, but um, I like EA's thing. High school recruiting is almost dead. The portal is totally transcended football recruiting. Game needs to get a P5 transfer, especially OLD line. I don't disagree with you, but I do disagree a little bit. Our starting center as a high school was in high school last year. I, I think part of what high school recruiting has become is a way for you to familiarize yourself with the recruits so that you can go back to the transfer portal and get them later. I, I, I was, I would say that's a part of it. That's just my opinion. I, I've, but just looking back, I think that's part of it. I, I do think high school recruiting has its place though, because especially at a FAMU, if we can get to a point where we are increasing the athletic budget and we're creating an atmosphere in which we can groom talent. I think it helps. I, I, I that's just my personal opinion. And no, Jay, Jay, she's not letting up. Um, yeah, I, I, I've given up on the SWAT championship thing. I'm not gonna lie. I, 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 I'd be honest. I, I even said this last night. I don't think we're playoff caliber. That's, that's not what I've seen. The film doesn't say we're playoff caliber. I think we have the tools to be a playoff caliber team. I don't think we make the playoffs. But yeah, JSU. Honestly, they shouldn't. They should not go to the celebration bowl. <laughs> they should go to the playoffs. I mean, if find a way to pay them the money that the celebration bowl <laughs> would pay them, or just give them a home game or two. I think they would make that money at home in that stadium that they would make close to the celebration bowl, and just call it a day because. 
I don't think Jackson State will win the national championship in the playoffs. I think they're a second round out. Just being honest. I think JSU will go to the second round and lose. But that's just my opinion. But uh, that is it, though, y'all. We ran long today. I normally don't go this long. But it was Sunday, and we had a whole lot going on before a week of nothing. Uh, nothing but recruiting. And you're going to get a little bit from the volleyball team. And they're probably going to be holding it down. Them, the golf team, and the cross-country team probably be holding it down by themselves. And the softball team. So, But homecoming is coming. If you haven't already got your hotels, you ain't going to get it. Uh, there, I've seen some people hotel Duval for the three days. It's like a, a stack, like a second hand. I'm folks trying to get rid of it a thousand dollars, but yeah, like it's, it's homecoming price is going to be what they're going to be. Uh, if you are looking, Airbnb is actually cheaper. So just saying there are some Airbnbs around the city that are actually cheaper than hotels and you get more space. So consider that, um, but we're going to talk about on uh, Thursday, kind of get y'all ready for homecoming. I'm, I'm going to see if I can reach out to some of these uh, Mr. and Miss Fam you See if we can get one of them on here. Like, see if they can talk about what's going on on campus. I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm going to reach out to one. Uh, but, again, big shout out HBCU Digital Network, CableBusters.tv, our title sponsors, the Black Techies, first and second Saturday of each month. They have their 6 o'clock showing. Herb Seward, he's going to have his Herb Seward's HBCU Hoops Weekly is going to be starting up the first and second week of every month he's, he's starting up. We're going to try and get him on the, on the mothership here on HBCU Digital. Uh, also, the tennis team is going to be off till January. Bowling team finished in 12th. Eh, cross country. Uh, they answered my question is what is the SWAC given in Tallahassee in the state of Florida? The SWAC championships in Tallahassee. Fun. That was a fun find out today. Golf team, we finished in first place. I think we're going to win the SWAC championship. I, I just think Famby's going to win the SWAC in golf. I'm going to put it on wax, and if I'm wrong, you can hold my feet to the fire. But I don't – I just I just feel like Famby's golf team is on fire. And I feel like Famby golf is a way for us to get the men's tennis team back. Like, get a women's golf team, men's tennis, maybe women's soccer, because the SWAC already has soccer. So, But, that, again, that's, that's a whole other story. We'll, we'll go to that another day. Fanview softball, my two alma, two of my alma maters. I have three. Two of my alma maters faced off, and this time Fanview won. Fanview faced Tallahassee Community College, and uh, they won. And uh, he's not going to return it for a touchdown. Fanview volleyball is at my favorite number, 500. I personally, if you didn't get earlier and you got here late, 500 is my number that I kind of look at HBCUs for. Can you get to 500 in Olympic sports? Outside of football, football, I want to, I want eight, nine one season, but Olympic sports right now, until we increase our budget and our investment in them, I want at least 500. Uh, the volleyball team again, though, they're at 500, but they went and they beat Jackson state and Valley. The football team that we won, we are now five and two after defeating Grambling in a game that was nothing else but frustrating. And we are going into a bye week, and we are getting ready to heal up. And next week, this week, on Thursday, 8 o'clock, we're going to be talking about probably a little bit of recruiting. Fam, you got a commitment from an athlete. We also were able to get several offers and look for the offers to go crazy. They're going to go stupid. And I'm going to drop some of those offer graphics. Probably going to you know, send you all some on your Facebook next week as well. 
Facebook message. Don't be surprised if we post a little something on there. But and then get ready for homecoming. Might want to save a check for this week so you can get ready for next week because homecoming is going to be crazy. The events are out. They are already set up. The concerts are here. Comedy shows. Everything is ready. It's about to be homecoming week on the highest of seven hills. And me personally, there's no homecoming like a family homecoming because it's just different. It's just different. Don't forget, though, we'll be at Good Morning America Friday and Saturday. So last year it was first take. I was out there. I made I, my, that was the only thing I did during homecoming. I did not go to the game. I would have nothing else because of COVID. But my mom is a huge Stephen A. Smith fan. And I am one of those people that believes when something comes close to you or you come close to it, you go visit. You go check it out. So I did my dad with the Cubs. I took him to his first Major League Baseball game because we were in Chicago. He said he had never been to a Major League Baseball game. I said, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. We are going to this game. And so I made him go, and we went. And we did the same thing with my mom in first take last year. We're going to see about Good Morning America. Um, I'm not going to be there Friday. Friday, we had to make up a hurricane day. I intended to leave Thursday to be there Friday, but I'll be there Saturday morning. You'll see me out there in those family streets. If you see me throw up a wave, shout out, fist pump, something. But it's going to be an awesome week for family's homecoming. We'll talk more about that. Some of the things to do, places to go. And I'm going to give you all some Tallahassee secrets from a person from Tallahassee. Some, some places you may want to go and things you may want to think about just being in the city. Because everything around campus is going to be slow. Like all the restaurants. I'm going to give you my favorite place in the city, Kushis. Like Cajun food, Kush's Bayou Rouge on the north side of town. That's my spot. I don't love their beignets, but everything else, fire. Like so, and that they they got that for free. And I'm of course I'm gonna hit up Tasty Pastry too when I go home. Like Tasty Pastry Donut Kingdom. Yeah, don't judge me. Judge your mama. She's a saint. She's going to heaven. God's still working on me. But as always, y'all appreciate y'all. Thank y'all for checking us out. This is the Fangs Up Podcast. I am Keith Hadley. Shout out to Cable Busters, HBCU Digital Network, and all of our sponsors. And as always, y'all, it's going to be Fangs Up. Yeah, baby, you know what time it is. Now let's get it started. Are you kidding me? Unreal. While our HBCUs are mostly known for academic rigor, community, they also know how to turn up. Dorothy, how? 